Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 152. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation. I have received so many requests for a book detailing the step-by-step process of creating your own podcast. Well, the day has arrived. Podcast launch has hit the Amazon store. I share everything in this book and have included 15 incredible video tutorials that go along with the purchase. If you pick up podcast launch and enjoy, I would love a review on Amazon. Go to podcastlaunch.com to snag your copy and get instant access to all 15 video tutorials. That's podcastlaunch.com. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Hemda. Hemda, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, I am. (laughs) All right. Hemda was born in Israel and has lived in New York City since she was four years old. She currently lives in Queens with her girlfriend, actor Lauren Hennessy. She's a writer, singer, and host of the wildly popular podcast, Keith and the Girl. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Hemda, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then take another minute and tell us about what you have going on right now. All right. Well, um, like you said, I am living with Lauren. Um, uh, before that, I was living with Keith, my co-host, because we used to date. Uh, we have a show, like you mentioned, called Keith and the Girl, and we we were recording out of a spare bedroom in our house that we happened to have, and uh, we actually broke up about uh, four years ago, and we just kept going. In fact, an hour after we broke up, we we recorded a show, and our show is comedy-based, so is it's so it was a very very weird time but we kept going and I feel like that's kind of what you have to do and I think your average person has to do that every day you know tragedy or you know life happens and you just have to go to work the next day and you know I have driven to work uh with tears in my eyes and got to the office or got to whatever job I was doing and just kind of cleared it up and no one knew I, I used to be a clown before this also. I used to do kids parties yeah, for a living. And uh, there, was, there was a time where my brother was in the hospital and, you know, I was just crying on the way to the clown gig and then just got there and, and did my job and no one knew. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us. That is just really powerful stuff. It's actually very, it's, it's very helpful to go to work, for me anyway. It's very helpful when, when I'm going through something. If I sit in it for too long, it'll just spiral down. It'll just go to an even more negative place. But the distraction of work and the distraction of the things that you don't want to do, right. that you don't, you don't feel like you should do or have to do, or, but it, it is the things that you have to do. It's, it's actually good to follow through on the things that keep your life as normal as possible while you're going through things so that you don't sit in that negativity and don't sit in the lack of creativity so that you're forced to use the parts of your brain that would shut off if bad things happen and when bad things happen because for everybody, something bad happens along the way. Great insights. And Keith and the Girl is a comedy show. So how did your audience react to the breakup? Uh, the audience is, we don't, we don't just keep it in the ha-has. We have gotten deep. We've talked about deaths on the show. We talk about the loss of a couple of our fans. In fact, um, we're talking about one today because we just lost one uh, 
um, someone named Rianne. She had a tattoo of uh, KTG on the small of her back, and we just lost her yesterday. And we will be talking about that. You know, um, laughter comes from a lot of times tragedy. It comes yeah. from a lot of times, you know, odd things, weird things. I mean, if you think about it, comedy is based on we're pointing out something odd, we're pointing out something weird. So. We not only shared comedy with our audience and continue to do so, we also share our lives. So um, they were curious about it. They're always curious. Uh, I can't say always because it's not me, but generally listeners are, are curious about our personal lives. We like to share it with them. We like to get their opinion. Keith just asked our audience if he should get, you know, a 60 inch screen TV or bigger. I mean, you know, from silly things to what should we get uh, our significant others for their birthdays or something, you know, we share our personal lives and that's what makes the funny stuff, I think, even funnier. That's what makes the stories deeper and that's what makes the audience more engaged. Absolutely. When you have a podcast, when you have an internet radio show, and people are literally having you inside their head, the earbuds and the car radio, you're really one with them and they get to know you as a person and get to know, like, and trust you and look look at you even if they've never personally interacted with you as a friend, as somebody they actually know. So it's a really interesting dynamic and we're definitely going to delve more into that later in the show. But before we do, we always start off Entrepreneur on Fire with a success quote. So Take it away. I know you have a good one for us. Well, I go through, um, I kind of stole from the program and I, I, I really like the one day at a time thing. But to be honest, even one day at a time is too much sometimes. And so I go one moment at a time, one email at a time, one breath at a time, whatever it is that I need to uh, micromanage myself so that I am not overwhelmed because the big picture is so big that it just, it gets to be too much. So I take it one moment at a time. If I'm overwhelmed by, I'm looking at my email right now, I have 336. So I don't want to look at that, but I'll say, all right, let's get rid of the spam. That'll get it to go down lower. Then let's get it to, you know, answering the simple ones. And then I ease into the bigger ones. That's a great way to look at life. And that's a great transition to the next topic, which is failure, which are challenges and obstacles that we face as entrepreneurs. And we really need to make sure that they don't overwhelm us because they can come at us like hot pepper sometimes. And we feel like we're just being overwhelmed on all sides. But if you just take it one step at a time, one challenge, one obstacle at a time, you can overcome that. So you're our spotlighted guest today, Hamda. So take us back to a time in your journey when you failed or when you faced an obstacle or challenge that you really had to dig deep to overcome and then share with Fire Nation how you overcame this obstacle. First of all, anytime I think I'm going to fail, I probably have a nightmare. Um, and, and even <laughs> if I think, and, and I, don't, I don't usually think I'm going to fail because I'm not going to do it. It's, I hate to say this, failure is not an option, but you, you kind of have to keep that in your head yeah. where if if you're thinking that it's going to fail, it will more likely be a failure. And um, a lot of times being an entrepreneur, you do have to try little things. And sometimes I have to admit, I am reluctant to try the new thing that will put me out there that will, you know, allow my throat to be so easily just chopped off. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's pretty scary, but, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share a recent, I don't know if I don't want to call it failure, but um, we can call it a challenge or an obstacle, all of the above. This is, uh, I'll, I'll let, I'll let you guys in your audience decide. Okay, great. It. But recently we had a, a 54 hour marathon, 54 hour straight, um, 
of entertainment uh, live the whole time. Um, if Keith and I did sleep, we slept six hours total each, and we um, we always had one of us on mic, and we had you know guests coming through and everything. The goal of this marathon was to get to the top ten on iTunes in the comedy section, which we did achieve before the end of it. We got wow. to number nine, number ten, and uh, we ended at number ten. We 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 hit number nine for a second, then we ended at number ten, and I knew that it would it would change because iTunes, you know, you, they basically take the last. Uh, 24, 48 hours of subscribers. They don't take how many you have. It's not that. It's not how many subscribers you have and hold on to. It's how many are in the now. So, of course, while we're pumping for 54 hours, we're going to get it and it's going to lower after. But it was disappointing. I'm going to call it a disappointment. It was disappointing about three, four days later when we hit 80. So, you know, we kind of thought if if we hit the top 10, then we can kind of use that because most people when they're looking up lists they're looking up the top 10 they're not really clicking on the next you know maybe they're clicking the top 20 but you know in iTunes for every 20 you have to click another button so if you're number 80 they're not really finding you on iTunes anymore so it was a little disappointing but at the same time to me if something's disappointing or a failure or something there's always something to learn from it I know that I sound like a kindergarten teacher but there absolutely is something to learn from it and there was something gained usually. And if it's not about learning something, it's about you got something that you didn't expect. So maybe you failed in, in the goal that you set yourself up for, but maybe you succeeded in something else that happened. And we have a 54-hour marathon that is uh, recorded that will be available for download very soon that um, we learned a lot about our guests. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of comedy. And we will be on the back end um, financing more of our of our lives and our jobs and and Keith and the girl because we're able to sell it as a download. So I knew that it would not be a failure completely because we still got to do it. We achieved it. It was a very long thing. It was something that not many people have done if they've ever done it before, and that's amazing and magical. Now let's take a look at this for a second because you took massive action and there's an absolute that you can walk away from this, which you did allude to. People definitely heard about Keith and the girl that never had prior to that. People went to iTunes organically searching for it, saw you in the top 10, subscribed to you, and they'll be with you for life. There'll be people that will stick with that for life that would never have heard of you or found you prior. And then just the fact you were doing this 54 hours brings up all this momentum and talk and buzz as well that's going to bring other people in. So every time you take massive action and you produce great content at the same time, you're going to have people find you and you're going to have people stick with you a certain percentage of that. So that's really great. Yeah, that's true because, you know, part of why we got to the top 10 is because our our listeners, which we will, are endlessly grateful for, our listeners were putting the word out there. So even that, even if we didn't reach the top 10, someone saw, hey, what do you keep pushing me about? You know, what? <laughs> why, are you, why are you mentioning this again? You know, and, and that's a, a referral. And I think we know that a referral is one of the best ways to get a new listener because I'll listen to my friend faster than I listen to iTunes and their recommendations, you know? Absolutely. And just as a sidetrack, because I get this question all the time as a podcaster, 
you seem to have a good handle on it because you have definitely been in the iTunes store, the podcasting world for quite some time. So you've seen the fluctuations of the rankings and the ratings and the reviews and what they have as far as impact on a podcast and its rankings. What have you found is really important to achieve that high ranking in iTunes, in the store? You mentioned subscribers, subscribers in the now. I didn't hear you say anything about ratings and reviews. Can you just take a couple seconds and just share with Fire Nation your experience that you found in the ranking systems of iTunes? Yeah, number one is I can't obsess because I can tend to and I, I have to stop myself from obsessing and right. seeing where I am and, and and judging myself and my show about, you know, based on just iTunes or just someone else's ranking or did I get written up when someone else got written up? I can't do that. The comparison will drive me crazy. And so I have to I have to take it a notch down first of all. Second, it's always good to get a rating and um, and something written up because if somebody did find you, however they found you, they will look at that and say, "Oh wow, they managed to get you know however many people to say nice things about them." It's another click in someone's brain. Okay, I found you. That's the first click. Social proof. Oh, other, yeah, other people like it. That's another click. You know, it's. It's something, it's not every, all these things, nothing is everything, but um, everything is a little something. So that, that adds to it, but I don't know if that affects the rating. And to be honest, to get on top of iTunes or to be, you know, new and noteworthy, you just have to really just keep doing what you're doing. You have to not, um, not come into work or, you know, get on your computer and say, oh, this isn't going to work. Oh my God, what can I do to just get the ratings to go up and things like that? You have to not put as much focus on it because when your show is good, people will want to talk about it and that's the best way to do it. The best way is to get your audience engaged, to give them a quality show and to make them talk about it, not in terms of you know threatening or anything. And threatening <laughs> is actually the worst. I've seen people do that. We're not going to do another show until we get into this, that, and the next. Nobody wants that. You know, that's like, you know, your mom's like, eat your vegetables or you won't get your, your dessert. You don't react <laughs> right. well to that as an audience member. That's, you know, it's not your job to threaten your audience, but it is your job to give them something that they want to talk about, that they want to share, and to remind them, hey, if you like this, share it on Facebook. If you like it, tell your friend. If you like it, text someone about it. You know, if you like it, you know the way that you're, that your friends listen to you, can you tell them about us? I think that's the best way to get whatever ranking you want, whatever listeners you want. That's, it's more than, you know, push it this way or threaten this way or, you know, make sure that you're on the top list. You just have to produce. So you shared with us what we're now terming a disappointment, which was the fact that you worked so hard, you did get the podcast into the top 10, which it since has slipped down lower into the rankings. But at the same time, you shared with us some great lessons learned and some great positive outlooks from that entire experience, which there definitely are. We're going to take it to the other end of the spectrum now. We're going to talk about an aha moment. As entrepreneurs, we all have little aha moments throughout the course of our work lives, throughout the course of our journey. But take us back to a time when you had an aha moment, when a light bulb just went on, the clouds parted, the sun just shone through, and you said, wow, this is going to resonate so well with my target audience, with who my authentic self is. And then share with us how you turned that moment into success. Well, I've had, I mean, I think if you don't have aha moments a lot, I don't know what you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Because 
this is a medium that's really new. So we had to have a lot of aha moments up front because neither one of us went to business school. Uh, Neither one of us graduated college at all. Keith didn't go to college. I went for like a year and a half, but really, what was I doing? I mean, we don't have a background and no one has a background in podcasting. And we were in at the start of podcasting. So we had to have aha moment after aha moment after aha moment, you know, but something that stands out is, and I, uh, I don't want to say again, I don't want to say regret, but uh, we should have we should have set in our membership program earlier. Um, we have a membership call, call, program called uh, the VIP membership, and it's, you can get it at keithandthegirl.com slash VIP. And what we do with our show now is the latest 10 shows are always free. So you always get whatever we're doing, um, whatever the most current 10 shows are. So once we do the 11th show, that... that um, the furthest away one, I'm losing my words, uh, it goes into, it goes behind the paywall. And not only that, we also have um, VIP content, exclusive VIP, VIP content to, um, to, to get people who have already heard all of our shows, this is new and fresh content and to keep them around. Uh, and the moment was, hey, we can't do this. We can't sustain. I mean, we can because we did. We were doing it for a living still, but we have to keep the hustle on such a high level when you have to, you know, push a new product out or, you know, ask for donations again or, you know, get uh, a, a, another new thing to happen. Think of a new idea. We had like bingo night. We had all this stuff and and it brought it in. And then you have like this surge, this wave of, okay, we got money. You spend it right away pretty much because you got to keep the business going and then you got to come up with the next spike. Um, we needed to have a membership program where we could rely on our audience to sustain our living. We do have, you know, um, we do have advertisements, but not a lot. We're not, you know, we're not hustlers in that department. We, we don't like to, uh, sell ourselves, even though we know that the advertising works on our show, but, uh, we had to find a focus that keeps us afloat on a regular basis. And that's what we found now. And we've been hiring people ever since we've been on a more steady, uh, path ever since. And the aha moment was we have to have a membership program. We have to have something where we ask people to pay for our show. That recurring revenue, that continuity program is so critical for a business to be able to to forecast what its earnings are going to be and to rely that there's going to be something there on a month-to-month basis so you can keep moving forward. What we're doing here, all of us, we're building these viable businesses that can sustain themselves. So, I mean, we just need to realize that what you what you did is so important and so valuable to do. And the fact that your aha moment was that hey, I just should have done it earlier. I should have done it sooner because it works and it's something that people are willing to do because you're providing incredible value and entertainment. It's a scary concept though. You know, uh, a lot of people expect entertainment to be free nowadays. You know, our, our show was free for years. You know, people volunteered to pay and that's nice. But now we're saying you got to pay for this if you want this. You know, there there is no option. I mean, we're giving away these free shows and part of that is advertising. You know, the, we're advertising for our own show by putting out our own show. Right. It's a very interesting thing. But um, a lot of people are scared and that is the number one question that we get asked is, when do you uh, put up a paywall? When do you ask to, to for money? When can you say, I deserve this or I need this, I want this? And the thing is, is when you need it. 
you need that money. If you're spending all this time and we really are, it's all day. It's not, you know, this flimsy, like, yay, we're, you know, we're freelancers where, you know, and even free, freelancers work very hard. It is as much and more work as a nine to five. And if you can't get your audience to pay for it, then, then you gotta, you gotta shift gears and get something that somebody will pay for because what you're doing needs to have value and it needs to be paid for so that you can continue doing it. And no, we can't have a part-time job. We can't have a full-time job and do this at the same time. This is more than a full-time job. And that has to be admitted for yourself and then to your audience. Great insights. And speaking of changing gears, have you had an I've made it moment? I, I bet we had a couple of them. And uh, I, I remember we quit our jobs. Um, yeah. And instead of saying I've made it, I said, holy, wow, I'm so nervous. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, I was questioning it. And um, it's something that just needed to happen because the decision needed to be made. Do I put my effort to make money in a more traditional <laughs> clowning, which is very funny. It's not as traditional, but... <laughs> Do I, do I get this slightly more sure thing where I know that I'm going to get paid? I know where I can get work. Or do I go, hey, I'm about, something's about to happen. So I better, I better feel the level of confidence in myself that I need to for it to get to that level. Or I can always second guess and always have three jobs. And it's just a moment that you need to, and it's, it's helpful actually. It's helpful to getting paid for what you want to do and getting paid for what you've been doing because now if you're not going to you're not going to live so you better get on it mm, truer words so let's talk about your current business right now you have a lot of exciting things going on at keith and the girl but just pull out one or two things that are just really exciting you right now that you'd like to share with fire nation oh great love this um our eight-year anniversary is coming up March 7th, wow. and that's a, it's a big deal because it's about the eight-year anniversary of podcasting in general. Yeah. So that's a huge deal for us. We take ourselves out to dinner. It's really nice. <laughs> and our 10-year, uh, Keith's 10-year 10, uh, 10 anniversary for stand-up every year on April 15th, which is his birthday, starting at um, age 30, his first 30th birthday, he does a one hour show that we record and put out as a CD and DVD and that's coming up and we've managed to turn that date April 15th into KTG week in April and we're now doing um we're doing events from 11 from April 11th through April 15th and that not only generates money but it generates a bigger community and and more you know meet and greets and 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 flow of love between the audience and themselves and the audience and us and us with each other. And it's this really fun five-day event that uh, is now annual. And this will be the 10th one for Keith, uh, which is really, really great. Um, I think, you know, I could, uh, uh, we're planning secret tours that not even our audience knows about. Um, and, uh, and we like to, we, we now do this thing where in the summertime, we throw a picnic for us and for the comedians that come through, for, for the guests that come through and for the people that work with us. And it's, it's nice to just get together and, and not have to work and just kind of hang out. Well, congratulations for just having been around for so long. And you're right. I mean, eight years is about exactly the age and the length the podcasting has been around for. So that is just 
an amazing feat that you guys have been there from the very beginning. The word podcast in general was the word of the year in 2005, which is just crazy. The Oxford Dictionary word of the year. And then it went in a little bit of a lean time for, for different industries. I'm not really sure with comedy, but I know for business specifically, podcasting really kind of took a little bit of a dip on a popularity level just because people didn't have that access that they thought they were going to have. But as of 2012 and now 2013, just this buzzword is going around about the explosion of podcasting. And I actually returned from Las Vegas where New Media Expo was by Blog World was hosting this great convention at the Rio where I was actually asked to speak about Entrepreneur on Fire and my perception of podcasting and how I've been able to grow Entrepreneur on Fire to over 150,000 unique downloaders every single month in the business sector. And it was really interesting just to see the buzz that was going on at this conference and people that were excited about it. And so I would love just to ask you, with your experience the last eight years, have you found that in the comedy sector that podcasting in general, people who are finding it in downloads has significantly increased in the last 18 months or has that just not been the case? Well, the the biggest thing I saw was when I first started this and, you know, I would get a haircut. Someone said, what do you do for a living? I would say, I'm a podcaster. I had to change my language because they would just look at me blankly. Hmm. So I would have to say I host a comedy show. It's on the internet. And then it would sound like I'm in a basement somewhere, you know, with my mom upstairs and kind <laughs> of like, you know, hooking two things together and making little electricity sounds. And then a couple nerds listen to me, you know, they just, they just weren't getting it. And now when I say I'm a podcaster, boom, you know, it's in the dictionary. Everybody knows it. They understand. And that, that was a very huge deal. That's, and I'm so proud to say I'm a podcaster that, that people know that this is a rare thing to be. It's, it's so cool to, to take the road less traveled and to actually find that you can succeed at it is amazing. And to, to be a part of it with other people who are pioneering the way and, and continue and, and get in touch with each other and say, what do we do now? And just kind of share ideas. It's magical. And, and, you know, this might have to do with another question that you asked me earlier. Maybe it's an aha moment. Maybe it's, you know, something that I've made it. Part of me thinking I've made it is someone like you contacting me and calling me an entrepreneur. Someone like you sending me an email who, who interviews people, you know, success stories and, and entrepreneurs. And that's, that's you titling me with that. You who is, like you said, successful and, 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 um, and, and you know, you, you know who you're interviewing, you seek out people who you call entrepreneurs. And that's me now, which is amazing. That's great stuff. And no, you're completely right. I mean, I've had Seth Godin, Barbara Corcoran, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss on Entrepreneur on Fire because I seek out people who are successful and inspiring entrepreneurs. And I absolutely sought you out for the same exact reason as I've sought out these other people for. So that is absolutely an astute observation on your part. So with just the tablets and the smartphones and Wi-Fi being accessible in so many places, 24-7, in so many parts of the globe, like Entrepreneur on Fire, for instance, is being downloaded in over 100 countries. Have you seen this significant increase in the last 18 months or have you just seen a steady increase because of the new accessibility? 
Um, people have found a way in all countries. That that was the good thing about podcasting right away is if you had internet, you had availability. What we right. saw along the way is, I mean, we have, you know, like I said, the, the KTG week, um, people have already booked their flights to New York from Australia, London, Canada. You know, we get people, you know, kind of getting on our forums and saying, all right, I got my ticket. Who's next? And that's amazing. I didn't even book the space yet. I didn't book the <laughs> events yet, you know, but I, I had to give them a date because they were already booking their stuff. So we've had people around the country. What we've learned along the way is people get blocked from us because we have potty mouths. So yes. along the way, people have had to find, you know, places um, like the Middle East, some, some of those places uh, in, in there, the little places that, you know, not only cut off, us but internet to some of our listeners and they have to kind of rig their system up so uh i'm hoping that the internet is not what what's rumored to be which will be a lot of um uh blocks for people censorships yeah that's going to be a real shame that's going to be unfair i mean i'm i'm for censoring your children and deciding when they're ready for things and maybe putting blocks that parents can put on for their children, but please don't block me. The, the fact that I swear and that I talk, you know, openly about my life and maybe my sex life should be something that somebody else gets to decide, not the government. That's a whole nother story though, right? <laughs> it is, but it's a very important one. And I really hope along what you're saying that we don't go in that direction. And I just have to believe that with just the crowdsourcing out there, it's not going to happen. So we're going to have to move, unfortunately, into the last round of the interview because I'm just really enjoying this conversation. But this is the lightning round, Hemda. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Hemda, what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I didn't know that I was. I didn't know I was capable. I didn't even know until maybe four years into uh, doing this that I was considered an entrepreneur. When I produced shows, I didn't know I was a producer. I didn't, I didn't have the words for it. What is the best business advice you ever received? Um, you just have to do it. You just, you just have to do it and, and you're worth something. So make sure you get it done. What is something that's working for you, Keith and the girl, right now? Uh, schedule. Schedule is the biggest thing. It's a, a lot of it could be very, very free form and you actually get less work done. We have to set a schedule for when we come in and also for when we leave, which I'm still working on. Leaving <laughs> is a lot harder. <laughs> Definitely. Especially when you love what you do so much. Mm -hmm. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Um, I've just been using Facebook and Twitter a lot. I've, you know, Those are great ones. Yeah, I just, um, and responding to people as much as I can, which becomes a little difficult sometimes, but responding to whatever internet resource you have. You know, if you're on Reddit and people are getting in touch with you, get in touch back. If you could recommend a book, what would it be? Uh, how to Make Friends and Influence People. Oh, Dale Carnegie. Yes. Love that book. Quick note, Fire Nation, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com, a gift from Audible for Entrepreneur on Fire listeners. That's eofirebook.com. So this is the last question, Hemda. It's kind of a tricky one. It's my favorite, but take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. 
Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Learn how to farm. (laughs) (laughs) That's valuable. The biggest thing for me, and I found that whether in business or personal relationships is relationships. I need to find relationships. I need to have an interaction with people. I need to talk to them about what happened and what the end of the world is and why we're on this other planet. I, for me personally, and I, and I, it ends, I found that it ends up being good in your business life also, but to connect with someone is some of the biggest, biggest feelings that I've ever had. It's the, the, uh, the comfort for me to make sure that I know and talk to someone on a daily basis, every other day, someone that I connect with, a friend, a lover, a family member, whatever it is, it's so important for me to exchange ideas and feelings and thoughts. And, and that's the only way for me to move forward in yeah. life. Wow. You have given us some great actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then tell us how we can connect with you And then we'll say goodbye. If you're thinking, should I do this? You have to. If you're thinking, this is something that I always wanted to try. I always wanted to give it a go. Start as a part-time. Make sure that you set your schedule outside of your work. Yes, you have to make money. Yes, you have bills. Yes, you have to live a normal life. But give yourself at least an hour a day to start that, to see if you can, or you'll always regret it. And believe me, that's not life. Life is what you want it to be, not just need it to be. So make sure that you go for the thing that's been bugging you that you've been wanting to go for. It's not worth living unless you do it. Thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Tell us, Fire Nation, how we can connect with you. Fire Nation, this has been so much fun. Seriously, it's ugh, amazing. Uh, go to keithandthegirl.com. You'll find how to listen to our show. You can also look for us on iTunes if you just put in Keith and the Girl in the search. You can go to keithandthegirl.com slash iTunes, which takes you to our iTunes page as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, all of those things, whatever you're at. Just look for Keith and the Girl. We're on slash Keith and the Girl on pretty much everything. Um, and if you, if you want to read Reach us, info at keithandthegirl.com. But please visit our site. We just rejuged it and it looks pretty cool. And you'll see our pictures there. You'll see what this, you know, mouthy girl looks like. (laughs) Hemda. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation is an incredibly passionate and engaged audience. An entrepreneur on fire gets over 150,000 unique downloads every month. If you have a product or service that you know would resonate with Fire Nation, go to SponsorEOFire.com and join past sponsors like Chris Brogan, who saw incredible results. That's SponsorEOFire.com. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.